Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to our number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this football Friday, December the 3rd. 2021, the end of a crazy week, man. It's been wild. But whether you've been tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you've been listening via the live stream, which is found on ESPNTucson.com, I appreciate you making the choice to uh, to listen to the show here as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. I know you have plenty of uh, opportunities and choices of where to get your sports news information and entertainment, and I do appreciate you choosing. Pardon me as I choke on my uh, own spit here. Uh, The Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson. Also, if you're looking for that podcast, you want to download it and listen at your leisure, awesome. We appreciate that as well. You can find it on uh, anywhere you download your podcast, whether it's Apple, Amazon, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn, any of those uh, avenues where you download podcasts, you can go there, type in Jeff Dean Show, and boom, download it, and you're on your way to listening in the future as we move into more technological ways to uh, to get your sports news and information. Lots of podcasts out there and uh, lots of things going on, lots of great content out there. But beware, there's plenty of bad content out there, like the Jagaloon who decided to post the story about the Arizona Coyotes moving to Houston yesterday morning. And I, Craig Morgan, who does a phenomenal job covering the Coyotes, uh, he's really the, the only guy that you should follow if you're, uh, if you're interested in, in NHL or, or a Coyotes fan. Uh, Craig Morgan was like, uh, again, you know, this is one of those reports that we have to go through like every 10 or 12 months. The, this guy seems pretty legit. He's from Forbes magazine, blah, 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 blah. I remember the guy's name. He's, he's an idiot. Um, that made the report. But basically, I don't know where he got his information. He certainly didn't get approval from either side that was being discussed in the story to release the information that, you know, basically saying, hey, uh, you know, I got information that the Coyotes are looking to relocate to Houston. Is it okay if I move forward with this? Well, nobody, he didn't ask permission from anybody. He just went with it. Caused a big stir uh, here in the in the state and of course across uh, the the world of the NHL and fans uh, immediately took to the different social medias and were you know distraught over this information or excited or whatever and then basically last night the guy came out and was it was like oh well um, uh, the, the my story's been refuted by this uh, organization, by the city of Houston, by the NHL, by the Coyotes, basically by everybody involved, but didn't offer an apology or a retraction. was just basically like, my story's been refuted. It's them versus me. So like, there's like 9 million people that are telling him that he's incorrect, but he's going to stand on his, uh, his half-broken leg and sit there and try to tell people that uh, his story was, was legit. I, it, just, it drives me nuts that people like this, can have so much influence in such a short amount of time just by just speaking a bunch of garbage. So be careful where you get your information from. Like, don't just run with info. I saw some stuff while Arizona was searching for their defensive coordinator, and I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Like, 
just, again, look, take some of the stuff. I shouldn't say some of the stuff. Take a lot of the stuff that you see and read on social medias specifically with a grain of salt. Um, do your re- do your own research is, is, is all I can say. Um, or you can just listen here to the Jeff Dean Show. I'm not going to give you that type of information. I'm not that guy. Even if I have information that is, it seems, Loctite, um, you know, inside type of information, I still don't even share that. It's just I'm more of, like, reactionary opinion. Like, when when that becomes truth, then we'll talk about it. Until then, it's speculation. Uh, there are certainly things, you know, opportunities I'll take to make predictions or whatever have you, like I did, you know, the Bronco men and all thing. I'm like, here's three names that I think they should consider for the job. I didn't say insiders tell me that Brady Hoke is interested in the Virginia job. I would never, ever do that, even if somebody did tell me that. It's it's just until it's the truth, you're just giving lip service out there. You're just causing problems for people. So, again, this is the my long way of explaining to you there is a lot of information out there for you to gather. Just establish some trust with some trustworthy people. There are plenty of trustworthy people in the city of Tucson that cover Wildcat sports that you can depend on, that are truthful, that don't go with a bunch of speculation news, people that have good, uh, you know, really good sources and are able to back those kinds of things up. There are plenty of people in the city of Tucson that are trustworthy. And then there are people who are not. And there are plenty of people nationally, like the Jagaloon who went on Twitter yesterday saying that the Coyotes are going to move to Houston when there was absolutely zero truth and zero discussion between any of the entities involved that Arizona was going to, that the Coyotes were going to move to Houston. So the stuff like that just drives me nuts. I get, I get so angry like that kind of stuff because I, like, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm not a journalist. Okay. Journalism and radio broadcasting are two very, very different animals. However, we both have influence over people who read and or listen to our content. And if you're going to just – look, I worked with a guy years and years ago who claimed to be like, I'm the insider for this, and I'm the insider for that, and I'm the Phoenix Suns and the Arizona Cardinals insider, and I've got inside information on this, and oh, I'm from this place, and I've got inside information there. And like 80% of the stuff he said was just garbage. And I was like, who listens to this guy? I just it, it drives me nuts. He was here and gone in like four or five months. He was off to some other city to ruin their lives with a bunch of lies. So just, you know, take take a little ownership in your own uh, input and knowledge and where you get your information from. You wouldn't go to the, to the fiction section of the library to get information on the War of 1812 or something like that. I mean, you would... Go to the the reference section, the nonfiction section, to learn about the history and people who actually studied it and things like that. So don't just get guy from Forbes magazine who was like, "Oh yeah, Kaidas are moving to Houston." Are you like, who, who do you know? <laughs> you know, what, how long have you been covering sports? So um, we're not about that here on the Jeff Dean Show. You probably know that by now. I mean, I do have information that I will share with people, and I'll share with you guys. But it's only if it's if it's completely 100 uh, percent and already basic truth. So, uh, so you'll you'll get that from me. Lots of football to discuss here on a football Friday here in hour number two, 
and it is time to begin the Friday Five. We'll do some NFL previewing later uh, once I get done with this. But, you know, this is a feature that I do every single Friday during football season. I pick five college football games. I will pick those games against the spread, tell you why. And, you know, some of these games are, are important games. And, of course, as it stands right now, none of these, you know, nothing's more important than these five games here that I'm going to uh, to explain and, and kind of break down here for you coming up right now because these are the five marquee championship games that are going to be happening, conference championship games that are going to be happening here in the uh, in the next two nights because the Pac-12 game is tonight, of course, and then the rest of the games are played tomorrow. And we begin with the Pac-12 championship game. Number 10, Oregon, taking on number 17, Utah. Utah is currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite after, you know, this is one of those situations where Vegas is like, don't believe what happened in the previous matchup. Um, <laughs> believe what's happening right now as we look at, at these two teams and how they're playing uh, football as it stands right now. Because Utah absolutely wrecked Oregon earlier this season, 37-15. to 15, um, uh, Or no, I'm sorry, 38-7. 30, yeah, 38-7 was the score, sorry. Uh, 38-7 was the score earlier this season, just a couple of weeks ago. The game was over at halftime. It was a complete wrecking ball for the uh, for the Utah Utes. Since then, uh, Oregon has been playing quite a bit better. In fact, Anthony Brown, their quarterback, is coming off his best game of the season versus Oregon State. Had himself uh, a, a great game. His career high in passing percentage at 82%. Um, had 275 yards passing, threw a couple of touchdown passes, a couple of big plays, also ran for 83 yards and another score, and he was a one-man wrecking crew against Oregon State. On the opposite side for the Utah offense, they are featuring that two-headed monster at running back that has gotten even better as the season has gone along. Tavian Thomas and T.J. Pledger both have the ability to run between the tackles and get big yardage. Both have the ability to break tackles. Both of them have somewhat uh, – they're not going to outrun corners and safeties, but they will outrun your linebackers and get into that second and third level and cause all kinds of problems and big chunk yardage plays, which obviously is going to hurt uh, you know, over the grand scheme and over the 60 minutes of a football game. Now, two of the players that I'm looking at specifically as as kind of – Game breakers, guys who could really play the most influence, in my opinion, in this game. For Oregon, it's Travis Dye. He did not have a good game against Utah a couple of weeks ago. He was just coming off an injury, but he has really turned into uh, Oregon's go-to guy, whether it be in the running game and or the passing game. He He catches a ton of screens. They love to get him the ball in space. He is, he's a guy that you know, if, you, if you're an Oregon fan, he's your favorite player. If you're the rest of the Pac-12, he's your least favorite player because he's this little guy who looks so diminutive and doesn't look like he could do any kind of damage to your defense. And here he is breaking tackles against defensive ends and linebackers, and then he's got the speed to, to finish. He can outrun your, your DBs. He's, he's, he's just got this motor that won't stop and he's tough and he just keeps his legs turning and he's one of those overachiever guys he's a Rudy you know uh, but with actual athletic ability so he's the game breaker that could be the difference in this game and he's been playing extremely well since that Utah game um, had himself a big game against Oregon State last week 
for Utah, it's kind of their do-everything guy, Britton Covey. Britton Covey, who plays wide receiver, he's their uh, he's their burner, their elusive guy. They get him the ball in space, in smoke screens. They like to throw the ball down the field to him in one-on-one go routes. They like to run slants. They run pick plays. Oh, and also, by the way, he is one of the most dangerous return men in the entire country, so kicking the ball to him is a problem for Oregon as well. He's kind of Utah's game-breaker and a guy who I think will have a lot of influence in this game. Now, when looking at this as a whole, the game is going to be closer than the game that was played a couple of weeks ago. That game got completely away from Oregon. I don't know if they fully understood what they were getting themselves into when they went to Salt Lake that night, but they know now. However, I just think that Utah is a team of destiny this year because of the hardships that they've endured. Um, you know, obviously with you know with the losing of those two players, you know, two players passing away in the last eighteen months, it just feels to me like. Utah is that team of destiny. They're going to continue to ride that wave of emotion to their first ever Rose Bowl. I like Utah 31, Oregon 27. So give me the Utes minus the 2.5 to cover that one against the spread. Uh, The game will be closer, as I mentioned, but I do like Utah to cover and win their uh, their first ever Pac-12 championship and move on to the Rose Bowl. That'll uh, That'll be a good one. And I think, you know, that matchup is uh, – we're looking forward to that matchup because, it, you know, it looks like Michigan's going to uh, – well, we'll talk about Michigan in just a moment. Let's move on to the American Championship game. Now, normally we wouldn't be talking about a group of five championship matchup in the Friday Five for championship weekend because it wouldn't matter. However, this year, for the first time ever, it matters because Cincinnati is hosting. They don't have a neutral site for uh, for the AAC championship. So Cincinnati, the number 4 team in the country will be hosting number 21 Houston at home. Cincinnati favored by 10 and a half points, so a big favorite in this game. And I got to tell you, I don't see it. I don't understand what Vegas is thinking with this particular uh, this particular uh, this particular line in this game. These teams are very very similar. They both average 39 points per game this season. Their defenses both averaged giving up fewer than 20 points per game. Houston gave up like 19 and a half, I think, and Cincinnati gave up 16 points per game. So it was basically a 39-17 game every time these two teams took the field. The difference between them is that one blemish that you see on Houston's record. They're 11-1. and the lone loss to Houston season was the first game of the year. They played Texas Tech to open the season. Houston's quarterback threw four picks that day. I mean, it was it, it was a it was a complete mess um, that day when they lost to Texas Tech. I think they I can't remember what the score of the game was. I think they lost by six or by eight or something like that. Uh, but since then, Houston has rattled off eleven in a row, and they're one of the hottest teams in the country outside of the two teams who have won twelve in a row. Houston's offense has really been clicking lately, and their defense has continued to improve. They are a very very dangerous team, and they are going to hang around for the entire game against Cincinnati. However. This is a game that's going to be played in front of an absolutely raucous crowd. 
the first opportunity for a group of five team to get into that college football playoff is going to send those students and fans into an absolute tizzy unless you know if they know what's good for them they should have faith and confidence that their head coach Luke Fickle will not be going anywhere because of the early recruiting period and things like that there's just no way any other team can take a shot at Luke Fickle coming in because they would miss you know, four or five weeks of recruiting in one of the most crucial times of the year. So Bearcats fans should be confident that they're going to keep their head coach around. This game is going to be close. It's going to be a lot closer than Vegas thinks, in my opinion. And when I say Vegas, they're not picking the games. They're just trying to get the most money, the most play that they can possibly get. That being said, I think the game's going to be lower scoring than a lot of people think as well. I like Cincinnati to win. Cincinnati 30, Houston 24. I think they'll tack on a late field goal to go up by six, kind of play the numbers that way. But I do like Houston to cover that 10.5-point spread. Houston's a very good football team, uh, and without that that four-turnover game against Texas Tech in week number one when Texas Tech – was was actually playing pretty darn good football. Uh, we're talking about a possible 12-0 and versus 12-0 and matchup here. So Houston should not be taken lightly in this game, and uh, it, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a battle uh, for the Bearcats. All right, when we, uh, when we return, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, I'll continue my Friday Five, the Big 12 championship game, the SEC championship game, and the Big 10 championship game all coming up in my Friday Five picks coming up after the break. 1490 AM and 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson present to you the Taco Bell New Year's Eve Downtown Bowl Bash. It's happening after the Arizona Bowl right there at Tucson's Times Square at Congress and 5th Street. The party starts at 6 p.m., and it is free to get in. There's going to be multiple stages with music and entertainment. For the adults, there's going to be food vendors, uh, beer gardens, a huge taco drop at midnight, uh, you can bring the kiddos because there's plenty of things for the kids to do as well. Bring the family. Uh, enjoy the Southwest's largest piñata. There's a kid zone with inflatables. There's free entry into the train museum, which is awesome. There's going to be games, face painters, and other entertainment for uh, the kiddos as well. And then we'll ring in 2022 with the taco drop and a fireworks display from the roof of the Hotel Congress. For more details, go to ESPNTucson.com. Stay tuned. More of my Friday Five right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson right in the middle of our Friday Five. My Friday Five. I People ask me, they're like, you always say we and us and our, I'm like, you have a mouse in your pocket or something? I don't know. Maybe I do. So we in the uh, we did the first two championship games for my Friday Five picks. Let's continue on with game number three, the Big 12 championship game. This is a, uh, look, this is a big one here, too, because Baylor, number nine team in the country, taking on Oklahoma State, the number five team in the country, obviously the Cowboys just on the outside looking in at the top four. Any slip from a team in the top four could open up a spot for the Cowboys to play in their first-ever college football playoff. And I think, personally, it's going to happen. The Cowboys are playing their best football of the season right now. They were down 
33-24, to entering the fourth quarter last week in the Bedlam game against the Sooners. And all they did was score 13 unanswered points in that fourth quarter to win that game 37-33. The defense really locked things down against Oklahoma in that fourth quarter. And Oklahoma State playing amazing football right now. And their offense has continued to get better all season long. You know, when they played Baylor earlier in the year, it was it was a, a it was a horrible football game. First of all, Oklahoma State won that game twenty four to ten. Oklahoma State had three turnovers, but Baylor just they couldn't move the ball. And if not for those turnovers, Oklahoma State probably would have won that game thirty four to ten. I mean, it would have been blowout city. A two touchdown win is already a blowout, but without the the three turnovers, it would have been even worse, in my opinion, uh, in Oklahoma State's favor. Now, Baylor, on the other side, is also playing their best football of the season. I've talked about Dave Aranda and the job that he did at Baylor, turning that program around so quickly, and he's done it with great discipline and, uh, and, a, and a, real, a real identity to playing just good, solid, mistake-free football. They don't shoot themselves in the foot. They don't hurt themselves with penalties. They don't turn the ball over. They are just a good, solid football team that does a lot of things right. They have allowed only 48 points combined in their last three games, including their blowout over Oklahoma. They won that game 27-14. Oklahoma just could not get out of their own way against the Baylor defense, and it was a very impressive win for the Baylor Bears. Now, here's the problem. Both of these teams obviously very good, playing their best football right now. Baylor quarterback Jerry Bohannon is questionable for the game. He's got a soft tissue injury, a hamstring injury that he suffered two weeks ago. So it looks like it's going to be freshman quarterback Blake Shapin at the helm of the offense, which is going to spell trouble for Baylor. I expect uh, more of what we saw from Baylor in the previous matchup against the Cowboys than what we've seen more recently from Baylor's offense. This is going to be a low story a low scoring game. The over under in this game is 46 and a half. I think that's an easy play honestly for the under. I don't think Oklahoma State is going to just light up the scoreboard because as I mentioned, Baylor is going to play smart, mistake-free football. So Oklahoma Oklahoma State's going to have to work for everything that they get. But I like Oklahoma State Definitely to cover that five-and-a-half-point spread as the uh, Cowboys are favored by five-and-a-half. Give me Oklahoma State 24, Baylor 13 in almost a uh, a revisit to the game they played earlier. Very similar in my opinion. Uh, Oklahoma State 24 over Baylor 13. Uh, if, you know, you want to play the, the, the line on that. I love Oklahoma State to cover the five-and-a-half-point spread, but I love the under as well. And, again, unders are always dicey in college football because so many mistakes are made that result in points. So play the under with a little bit of caution, but uh, I think it's a pretty safe bet, just uh, my personal opinion. I mean, I bet it myself, so why wouldn't I? Let's go to the SEC championship game, the two top-rated teams that are playing this weekend against one another as number three Alabama going to be taking on number one and undefeated Georgia. The Bulldogs, a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game over Bama. And, look, I I don't have a whole lot to say about this, strangely enough, because it is Alabama and Georgia. I don't have a whole lot to say about this because Bama's offense is just off right now. Like, you watch them play. They are completely off. 
They're having a hard time moving the football. Bryce Young is having a hard time connecting with his receivers, largely because he's running for his life, which is surprising to me because you look at Alabama's offensive line, and I've been singing the praises of Evan Neal all season long, their, their left tackle that is just an absolute house of a human being. But they can't protect. Like, they cannot pass protect. And Alabama, for some ungodly reason is lacking a dynamic running back this year so even when Alabama has been able to get their uh, their run blocking in play they have lacked the actual talent like they've had over the last couple of years with Najee Harris and of course dating back to other guys that won Heisman trophies they lack the talent at running back which is shocking to me um Bryce Young is going to be running for his life in this game against the nation's number one defense. They're fast, they're physical, they're tenacious, and that Alabama offensive line hasn't shown me anything over the last four or five weeks that tells me that they can protect Bryce Young tomorrow. On the opposite side, Georgia's offense, I think, is going to do just enough with favorable field position versus a desperate, nothing-to-lose Crimson Tide team to score enough points to win this football game. I also like the under in this game. I think it's 44, 44 and a half, I think it is. It's it's going to be close. It would, again, I would I would be very cautious to – oh, 49 and a half. I'm sorry, 49 and a half, even better. I like the under even better now. Um, look, the only thing that Alabama has going for them, as I mentioned, is – they have nothing to lose. They're, they're, they're desperate uh, to stay in the hunt for the college football playoff for that national championship. They have nothing to lose. So they are going to turn everything loose. They're going to open up the floodgates. They are going to throw the kitchen sink, whatever cliche you want to throw in there. That's what Bama's going to do. But I think it's only going to be enough to get them about 16 points. I like Georgia in this game, 24-16. Give me the dogs minus six and a half in the SEC championship game. And finally, the Big Ten championship game, pitting number 13 Iowa versus number two Michigan. Michigan coming off of their huge, huge win, their decimation of Ohio State last week. Michigan is a ten and a half point favorite in this game. Look, sports are about matchups, and this matchup is about as lopsided as you can get in a conference championship game between two ranked teams, aside from a team kind of sneaking in there. This is just a complete mismatch. I I don't see anything that tells me that Iowa, outside of returning like three pick sixes in this game, that tells me that Iowa will hang tight. This is just one of those situations where the matchup favors one team so greatly that it's going to affect the score in a big way. It's going to be early. It's going to be often. Michigan's defense is, is just going to suffocate the Iowa offense, which has been bad recently. Between Aiden Hutchinson and uh, David Ajabo, those two absolute wrecking machines at defensive end, the Iowa offense is just going to be playing in its own backfield the entire game. They're not going to be able to move the football. The only chance they have to win this game is for Michigan to completely fall to pieces give up a ton of turnovers, and just play like they have no purpose in life. That's not going to happen. Give me the Wolverines big, 34-13 to over Iowa. I love Michigan, minus the 10.5. This game is going to be blowout city, in my opinion. It's just a complete mismatch. I, I, couldn't, I honestly couldn't find anything when I was researching the game 
I couldn't find anything that told me that Iowa has a chance in a head-to-head matchup against Michigan. It is just it, it's a complete mismatch at every single level. <laughs> so there you go. There's my Friday five. Here we go. To recap it one more time, I like Utah minus two and a half. I like Houston plus ten and a half. I like Oklahoma State minus five and a half. Also like the under. I like Georgia minus six and a half. Also like the under. And I love Michigan minus the ten and a half versus Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. There you go. Book it. I already did in FanDuel Sportsbook. Put my money down on a five-game parlay for those picks, and you can choose and pick and choose whichever ones you want if you want to listen to me. Uh, I mean, look, I'm 27 and 28 against the spread all season, so the numbers are not good. Uh, but I've had some time to kind of reset and recoil, and I think I'm ready for this week's picks to go 5-0. and One of our coworkers, Miguel, great guy who works in the office, is raising money right now to help the children in some of our most needed areas here in Tucson. He's raising money to buy toys for some of our poorest families in southern Arizona. If you'd like to make a donation to Miguel and his cause, you can make a donation via ESPNTucson.com. You can find it on the website there and make a young child's Christmas a very, very merry one. When I return, we will talk NFL Week 13 and my lock of the week and a preview of some of the games. That's next right here on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. It's a festive day today, folks. Not just because it's a football Friday or because it's the holiday season, but today is Bartender Appreciation Day. It's National Bartender Appreciation Day. And I look, I, I've been working in the you know in the bar and restaurant business with my company that I run uh, here up, up in Phoenix. Uh, I've been working in the bar and restaurant industry for the last 13 years. I used to be a bartender back when I was a much younger man uh, back in my days, and I can actually keep up with the uh, the busy crowd. There's no way in hell I could do it now. I'd have to do it at some you know four seat bar somewhere, some surly hole in the wall. Uh, but today is National Bartender Appreciation Day, and uh, during this time of year, obviously, there's a lot of people hitting up their bartenders for some uh, for some sympathetic ears because of obviously you know mental uh, health and things like that during the holidays can be a little difficult. So. Be sure to uh, to go in and uh, visit your favorite bartender today and be sure to thank your brave thirst responders on this National Bartender Appreciation Day. You like that, Mary? Thirst responders? You like that? It's pretty good, huh? Just came up with that. I didn't, I didn't just come up with that. It's been something I've been saying for years. All right, so NFL Week 13. Lots of, uh, lots of games to choose from. There's a lot of big lines, a lot of big spreads this uh, this week. Tampa's favored by 11. The Rams are favored by like 13 or 14 points. Um, you know, there's several uh, seven plus, you know, seven and seven and a half point favorites uh, this week. Um, Indianapolis is favored by 10 against the Texans. You've got look. There's a, there's a lot of them out there, and I always tell people to be cautious of NFL spreads that are double digits because it's a, it's a difficult proposition to beat a team by double digits, especially when you're favored to do so. 
these guys, you know, those 53 guys on that other squad take that stuff personally, and they play their guts out to try to, uh, you know, fight back at the people who are doubting them. And, and look, that's part of what makes them professional football players because they have that drive, that desire, that determination. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be bucking a lot of trends, to be honest with you, uh, with this week's lock of the week, because not only am I going to pick a double digit, uh, a double digit line game, um, I'm not going to pick the favorite. I'm going to pick an underdog in the double digit uh, line game, but I'm going to pick an underdog who has been absolutely crushed in like the previous three years by the team that they're playing. I'm going to go out to the Sunday night game on NBC this week, the Kansas City Chiefs at 7-4, and four, hosting the Denver Broncos at 6-5. and five. It's an AFC West matchup. The Kansas City Chiefs right now favored by 10 over the Broncos. The Chiefs have beaten the Broncos 11 straight times, and the margin of those games have not been close. In fact, three of the past four have been decided by 20 or more points. The Chiefs have absolutely destroyed the Broncos every time they've played them. There have been uh, like there have been times where it was like 17 nothing at the end of the first quarter in those games. Like these games have not been close. So I'm kind of I'm kind of pinching a little bit here, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to see because I think the Broncos. Not only are they playing really, really good football right now, really focused football, their defense is really tuned up, I'm still not sold on the Chiefs having turned that corner. I've seen way too much football from the Chiefs this year that has had me le- left me scratching my head wondering what the hell it was I just saw, whether it was the defense who was were completely out of position or tacklers who were unable to secure tackles. Patrick Mahomes doing all kinds of things off script and just tossing the ball haphazardly into the defense or his inability to hang on to the football when he scrambles. A lot of times when he's been scrambling, he just an easy tackle. It wasn't like the tackler was trying to punch the ball out or anything, just a regular tackle, and Patrick Mahomes has fumbled. Now, here's your little betting nugget of this one. Nine of Denver's 11 games this season have gone under the total. So the under is sounding pretty good, but that's not where I'm going to go because the over-under in this game is 47.5. I like the Broncos to cover. I'm going to be honest with you. I like the Broncos to cover that 10-point spread, even though they haven't even covered a 20-point spread in three of their last four games against the Chiefs, and they've lost 11 straight to that franchise. Something tells me that things are different this year, especially this week here in Week 13, and I like the underdog on the road in a division game. I like the Broncos plus the 10. I still think the Chiefs are going to win this football game. Don't get me wrong. I still think the Chiefs are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be like a 23-19 type of game. It's going to be one of those just, you know, Field goals being kicked, you know, when when teams can't get into the end zone, whether because Denver's offense isn't good enough to punch it in or Denver's defense is really being stingy against uh, against Kansas City and forcing Patrick Mahomes uh, to throw the ball underneath, which has really frustrated him in that offense, of course, this season, you know, as we've we've watched. Um, I just think it's going to be kind of a uh, like an uglier type of game. So 
Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll, I'll just do that. I'll stick with that. 23-19. Let's stick with that score. The Chiefs 23-19, but I like the Broncos plus the 10 for my NFL lock of the week. Book it. I already did, and uh, good luck, and uh, we'll see what happens come Monday. You know, Maybe I'll put myself on the dunce list after picking the Broncos, who haven't won a game against Kansas City in four years. So <laughs> maybe – no, I'm sorry, six years. My math is off. Six years they haven't won a game uh, against the Chiefs. I almost picked the Vikings, but I hate the seven-point line. Like if it were six and a half, all over that. I just don't like that seven-point spread. The Vikings are at the Lions. I think the Vikings are probably going to win that game by two touchdowns, but the Lions have been one of those teams. What was it? I think the Lions have played every game uh, under the total, at least in the last, like, nine weeks they have. There's been a couple of high-scoring games early, so it wasn't every game. Uh, You know, the Niners and Lions game, obviously, in week one was super high-scoring. but the Lions always find a way to kind of muck things up, right? Like, they always kind of play these somewhat closer games. They find ways to score touchdowns late, despite the fact that they've got a quarterback who has a hard time completing a single pass to a wide-open uh, running back in the flat, uh, which we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I, I just it's, it's one of those things like, I, you know, the Vikings are definitely two touchdowns better than the, than the Lions are, but... Playing in Detroit, I think Detroit might get a late touchdown and kind of push that uh, game, you know, to a seven-point difference, which is obviously uh, a push. Um, the Cardinals game, look, I, I, it's a seven-and-a-half-point spread. I wasn't going to take it because you just never know with a team on the road being a favorite by a, uh, more than a touchdown. I just don't like that. But Chicago has failed to cover in five of its past six games, and in, in each of its past four games – against teams with winning records. They're also 0-3 against the spread at home this season as an underdog. So, like, all of those trends are, are pointing towards the Cardinals. If you want to take some, uh, you know, take some bank in some of those little nuggets there that, uh, you know, that I just spit out for you, you're more than welcome to, uh, to jump on that as well. Look, there's a lot of fun things you can do aside from just the lines in the game, obviously, and the money line and stuff. There's all kinds of other fun things you can do. Check out uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, all kinds of fun promos and stuff there. Sign up, use my promo code, use the last name Dean. When you sign up, you get all kinds of uh, cool promotions there and options of of different uh, ways to take advantage of the promotions that my promo code gives you. So that's some some fun stuff as well. And, uh, of course, plenty of action going on this weekend in the NFL for Week 13. And we'll have a complete wrap-up for you on Monday. I'll do my Dean's List and my Dunce List on Monday at 8 o'clock, like we always do, talking about the heroes and zeros from the weekend that was. And uh, hopefully we have some good ones here for you coming up on Monday. You can help us stuff the streetcar today. Uh, It just went live about 45 minutes ago. It's from 8 a.m. today till 5 p.m. tonight. We are going to be stuffing the Sunlink streetcar, which is stationed at 4th Avenue and 8th Street. We're collecting new, unwrapped toys and or cash donations. Now, these uh, these donations are going to go towards benefiting the Toys for Tots uh, charity, which is always, of course, big this time of year. And at 4 o'clock, that jolly old fat man is going to be making an appearance. No, not me. It's the actual Santa Claus in his red suit with his glasses and his rosy cheeks and his big white beard. 
He will be making an appearance at 4 o'clock. So if you want to take the kiddos down there after school, head over to, uh, you know, your, your favorite uh, department store or uh, a place where you, uh, you know, can purchase uh, toys from. Get an unwrapped, a new unwrapped toy or just bring some cash and you can donate that. Then help us stuff the streetcar. For more details, go to ESPNTucson.com. And once again, thank you for supporting the community and being so giving in this time of year. When I return, we'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. This may be the most lackluster Heisman Trophy class, certainly that I can remember. I mean, there have been plenty of times where I was excited about, oh man, I, you know, it, it's down to like two or three guys, and you know, then there's this, you know, this dark horse that could come up there. He had a great season, but with a smaller school that, you know, they only won nine games this year. But dude, this year it's just like, I mean, Bryce Young is the overwhelming favorite quarterback for Alabama. Bryce Young, who has more yards and more touchdowns than C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, who has been more dynamic, in my opinion, but is not playing this weekend. So C.J. Stroud, unless Bryce Young just completely, uh, you know, what's the bed in uh, in the game tomorrow against Georgia, I, I don't think C.J. Stroud has any chance of surpassing uh, Bryce Young. But, I mean, like when you watch Bryce Young play, I'm still not like I I don't know. I'm not all that sold on the fact that he's Heisman Trophy uh candidate. You know, they they struggled to beat a 500 team without their starting quarterback this year. Um in the backup when the backup was hurt even when they when they struggled to beat Florida. He needed quadruple overtime to win the Iron Bowl when Alabama was a 21 point favorite in the game. He just he he hasn't been that dynamic, and there hasn't been, in my opinion, like real Heisman moments for Bryce Young this year. Now he may have one against Georgia, and it could change everything, and he could be the runaway winner um, when when the you know when the Heisman Trophy voting is all settled. But you look at like the top three, four guys; they're all quarterbacks. First of all, of course, it's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Kenny Pickett at at, at Pitt, who has no chance whatsoever to win the Heisman Trophy, when, in my opinion, maybe the two best players or the two most deserving players in the country as far as Heisman Trophy are defensive guys that aren't going to get any love and they got no chance to win this thing because you can't quantify the statistics of a guy like a Jordan Davis who has absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage every single game, every single snap this year for the number one defense and the number one team in the country. Then you've got defensive end Aiden Hutchinson, who I mentioned earlier for Michigan, who has numbers, obviously, had three sacks uh, against Ohio State of C.J. Stroud, which was obviously huge. He leads the nation in sacks. Um, or was he tied with Will? I'm, I'm sorry. He's t- I think he's tied with Will Anderson. Maybe he's tied with him. And it, it's really close. Anyway, Aiden Hutchinson, obviously one of the best pass rushers in the country, one of the defensive, one of the best defensive players in the country. But neither of those guys have a chance of winning because, you know, the defensive players, uh, well, the only defensive players won, of course, is a guy who also uh, returned kicks 
in you know in his, in his time at Michigan, of course. So I just don't see these guys getting an opportunity to win the Heisman Trophy, even though I think that both Aiden Hutchinson and or Jordan Davis are much more deserving than any of the three quarterbacks who are the the favorites right now in Vegas to win the thing, whether it be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Kenny Pickett at Pitt. Then you've got Kenneth Walker III running back at Michigan State. He's completely disappeared. And Matt Corral, whose odds aren't very good to win, but has fought through injury and have been underdogs in several games that they've won this year and taken Ole Miss to the top ten. I think he's more deserving than... A Kenny Pickett is at Pitt. I don't know. Just a really lackluster Heisman Trophy year this year. It's going to be a lackluster draft for quarterbacks. Hopefully next year's better. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Congratulations to our ticket winner, Kyle Johnson. And, of course, thanks to Mary back in the studio for pushing all the buttons and keeping us on the air here and keeping me on time. And, of course, thanks to you, the listeners, for choosing the Jeff Dean Show. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy all of the sports, and I will see you guys here again on Monday at 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXZ HD for Tucson.